Welcome to Hub and Flow, a podcast produced by Natural Gas Intelligence. On a mission to provide transparency to the natural gas market, Hub and Flow focuses on key fundamentals driving the price of natural gas and LNG in the United States, Canada, and Mexico. Natural Gas Intelligence, or NGI, is a subscription-based price reporting agency, which means we provide trusted and independent natural gas pricing and news for the North American market. Hello, everyone. This is Kevin Dobbs, Senior Markets Editor at NGI. Welcome to the Hub and Flow podcast. I am joined today by Steve Blair, a Senior Account Executive at Merrick's North America, LLC. We are here today to dive into production, supplies, weather demand, LNG, and more, essentially set the stage for summer supply and demand and what may happen with prices through the peak cooling season. So with that, welcome, Steve. Hi, Kevin. Hey, good to have you. Before we get into it, uh, Just tell us a little bit about what you do and your background in the natural gas and energy markets, and just give our our listeners a sense. I've been in the commodity futures business since 1975, and specifically entered into the energy markets in 1985. So at that time, obviously, there was no natural gas futures markets, but it wasn't that long. I believe it was 1990 when natural gas futures were introduced into the world of commodity futures. And so I've been involved in the energy market since 1985 in both on the petroleum side and on the natural gas side. I've been involved mostly as an upstairs broker, dealing with commercial clients in their hedging activities and and such. Mm -hmm. Great. So you've been around long enough to see pretty much everything, on, on at least as far as the natural gas market to go, huh? Yeah, probably seen too much. <laughs> All right, well, let's draw on your background a little bit, your the history you know, and zero in on this summer. So a lot of, a lot of talk, uh, I guess the, we had the, begin, the official beginning of summer last week, a lot of talk heading into that about lower production after some really strong production levels last year and into this start of this year. A uh, fair amount of that attributed to maintenance events in May and into early June, but some talk given declining rig counts about expectations for, for a little bit lower production in the second half of this year in response to lower prices. I guess given that, if production is lower and it is sustained, what, what could this mean for prices through the balance of summer and, and maybe beyond? Well, I think the first thing that... I wanted to say is I'm not sure whether analysts have quite quantified how much production we've lost from the loss of those rigs over the last month. But we know that planned maintenance has surely been a factor in lower production levels, along with the count levels dropping, as reported by Baker Hughes. If lower rig count levels continue to be reported, especially during the peak demand in summer, then it will certainly have an upward impact on near-term prices. But the price structure is not built around production alone. I've always been one of the believers that there are many factors that go into the way the price structure sets itself up. However, I do and have always felt that the number one factor in natural gas pricing is the domestic weather picture here in the lower 48. There are certainly other factors such as production, LNG demand, and global demand for U.S. LNG exports. Right. Okay. So picking up on that, parts of the country have seen some pretty strong summer weather, thinking of Texas and the Southwest early here. Parts have not, where you are maybe on the East Coast. 
But uh, National Weather Service forecasts point to at least average heat in July and August. If we can get kind of a what has become an average summer through the you know the balance of July and August, how do you see that driving prices uh, one way or the other? Well, I have to tell you, today and yesterday here in the New York tri-state area, or at least where I am in New Jersey, we've been in the mid-80s and extremely humid, so it feels like August here. Okay, it's arrived. How long that's going to last, but, you know, as you said, we've already been experiencing hot weather, especially in Texas and the Southwest, and, and, I, and I hear rumblings that it's expected that this hot weather is going to start moving into the Southeast. Mm-hmm. Heat in the consuming regions in the east and the upper Midwest has been spotty at best, but that may not last very much longer. According to NOAA's July through September temperature outlook maps, it shows a high chance of well above normal temperatures along the entire eastern Gulf Coast, as well as into much of the Great Lakes and other interior portions of the lower 48. So if this does happen, then cooling demand will increase greatly should cause higher power burns and i would anticipate it would have a bullish impact on the near-term price structure and ultimately affect prices down through the upcoming 23-24 winter season okay and then of course with the the production wildcard in the background there too as well okay so of course then lng you know increasingly important in recent years this year of course, part of that LNG volumes have been recently under pressure a little bit, but again, largely attributed to maintenance events at Gulf Coast export facilities. I guess just your thoughts on the return of LNG volumes and, and the potential impact on demand. You know, one of the things that I was thinking about was that we know that LNG feed gas and export levels are down maybe close to two and a half to three BCF a day. If production does return to that 100 to 101 BCF level that we were at back in the spring, and once these maintenance events are over, it's possible that one could offset the other in terms of production being bearish and more feed gas to Gulf Coast export facilities being bullish. So that's that's a to-be-seen situation. On the other side of the coin, we're waiting to see what demand that we're going to get out of Europe and Asia. And I know Asia's already been getting hot. But the most important thing is that even after Russia cut off gas to Europe after their infiltration of Ukraine, their storage capacity was brought almost to full amounts or what they would consider full amounts. But hot weather in both places, whether it's Asia or in in Europe, could put a bit of a, for lack of a better word, a strain on it, you know getting exports out of the U.S. So again, there's another potential bullish factor on near-term prices or prices for the summer. Yeah, particularly if uh, if you get it from both Asia and Europe at the same time, right? There, there, there would be exactly. So that, like I said, even though production increases and LNG feed gas demand increases, those could offset each other. Mm-hmm. This one factor of Asia and Europe has the potential to tilt that. 
Right. And just given a lot of the uncertainty, you know, geopolitically in Eastern Europe, certainly around parts of China, um, yeah, China and parts of Asia, rather, you would think that, that, that countries across both continents would be carefully watching markets and, and if anything, erring on the side of, you know, maybe building supplies a little too much rather than risking having too little ahead of winter. Fair way to think of it? Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. I mean, we've seen after the Ukraine invasion that the energy supplies around the globe can be tilted dramatically very quickly. And so I I don't think either one of those regions is going to want to be in a position to be caught short. Right, right. Okay. So we're talking in the final week of June. This is coming off the weekend in which there was a lot of news out of Russia, in particular, the apparent short-lived revolt led by the founder of the Wagner military group, private military company, against the the Putin regime in in Moscow. It seems like there hasn't been any major impact on natural gas prices early here, but just kind of curious your your big picture thoughts on what that may mean or or may not mean for for markets here and heading into July. Yeah, I I think that what happened over the weekend had more of an impact on the petroleum side than the natural gas side. You could see overnight last night, once the markets opened, they spiked higher, but it didn't last very long. And in fact, you know, by the time Europe was opening, the markets were actually slightly down in the day, you know, on crude. And so there was some talk that, you know, some of that spike could have been some, just some risk premium pressures feeling that if this thing goes further or anything further happens, there could be other issues. But that seemed to go by the wayside by the time, you know, the U.S. market or the or should I say the U.S. traders woke up this morning. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the market seemed to be reacting in a, in a normal fashion. And, and I think the, the, the slight move higher on natural gas today was simply a, a continuation of what's been going on for the last several trading days. Right, right. Okay. And just to clarify for listeners, we're talking about Monday, June 26th here with relative to prices. So great. Okay. Well, just one last thing then while I have you just kind of longer term, maybe looking to next winter, maybe beyond in 2024, any potential price catalysts or, or bearish elements out there that you're watching or bracing for? Honestly, I really don't see much in the way of bearishness in this market unless, and this is a big unless, we don't get winter heat during the summer here in the U.S. That's not likely to happen, but that's the only bearish scenario I see. As far as going down the road, I think what we're going to see next winter and beyond is probably going to be determined by what happens over the next few months here you know, regarding both domestic and and overseas demand for LNG. You know, we've certainly seen the effects of climate change with the intense weather that we've seen here in the U.S. alone, with incre- oh, excuse me, along with increased temperatures in the summer, as well as other crazy weather events. But what occurs over the next few months will have a major impact on what the pitch will look like as we move toward next winter. As of the last 
EIA storage report, gas stocks are still 581 BCF above a year ago and 362 BCF above the five-year average. So what happens over the next, you know, over the summer months and how much gas is utilized versus what is injected into storage will be a, a big factor on how the markets price-wise will be once we move into the shoulder month and beyond into next winter. So it's so much unknown over the next two months or so, maybe a bit down the road before we get a clearer picture as to what will happen as we transition into the 2023-2024 winter season. Okay. Well, great. Steve, I appreciate the time. Uh, with that, uh, allow me to wrap up by noting that NGI presents this podcast to help our subscribers make more informed business decisions about markets. To read our coverage and more, please visit us and subscribe to NGI at naturalgasintelligence.com. Thanks again, Steve. You're welcome. Anytime, Kevin. Dependable data drives informed business decisions. Trust NGI to provide your natural gas and LNG data for North America. If your business requires daily, weekly, or midweek pricing data, forward curves, or flow data, NGI has a reliable product suite to support you. Visit natgasintel.com backslash services to understand what we have to offer and how we can help you and your business today. Thank you for listening to NGI's Hub & Flow podcast today. We encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it, and please do share it with your colleagues. A trusted provider of natural gas news, data, and pricing information for North America, NGI offers subscription-based products. Please visit natgasintel.com if you are interested in NGI and our services. If you would like to dive deeper into this subject, additional resources are available on our website as well. Just visit natgasintel.com and click on the resources tab to find the podcast page.